Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with the Schizophrenic. Today I have the pleasure of having Samuel with me. He's from the state of Pennsylvania in America. Um, hello Samuel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, hello Duncan, I'm, uh, I'm doing alright. Uh, just, you know, uh, trying to uh, get by here. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's the COVID affected you? Well, um, I live in a very uh, rural area. Um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the Amish? Yes, uh, they're the yeah. So um, I live in an area uh, actually where there, there's a lot of Amish, and uh, you know, very very rural. And um, so we we haven't been hit too hard by COVID. I, maybe as like a percentage of the population, but it's been mostly concentrated in like people that work in like agriculture, and. Um, yeah. Due to the low uh, low population density, I mean, it it hasn't been uh, too uh, too worrisome, thankfully. Uh, in the cities, it, it's been uh, you know quite a bit uh, quite a bit worse. So. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. I think. Um, oh yeah, definitely. In the rural areas, it's um, it's a little bit safer. Um, you know, obviously because the, the population densities are is smaller. Okay, fine. So let's start. What I usually do is ask you how your mental health journey began. So what, you know, when, what happened before you got diagnosed, how you got diagnosed, what was going on around that time? Um, I mean, so give me, give me let, 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 can you tell me what, how it all began for you, the, your journey with psychosis and schizophrenia? Well, um, I'll actually, I'll go back pretty far here. Um, when I, when I was a child, I had always, you know, had, uh, some, uh, issues with, uh, you know, uh, being different. They, they were confused because I was, I was gifted academically in certain areas and then, uh, at a deficit in, uh, other areas. And, um, I always, uh, dealt with a, uh, a high amount of, uh, paranoia. Um, so for example, I, I remember when I was a kid, I thought I, I heard voices, um, outside of my aunt's house. We were having a spend over there, <laughs> so I was probably like eight or nine years old. I would I would pick up uh, one of my siblings, and I would go and I would place them in the doorway, and then I would pick up another one and then place them, you know, a few feet away. So the the thought being that if someone was coming in to try to hurt me, <laughs> they would have to you know step on all these children in order to get to me, and. Uh, right. You know, I had always, uh, you know, kind of uh, dealt with uh, certain things uh, like that. Always, you know, uh, extra vigilant. And uh, finally, uh, I had, you know, here here in the states, we don't have uh, anything uh, like maybe maybe I don't know if you're in the UK, but the NHS or you know universal care, we have none of that. So I had uh, no health insurance. I wasn't able to, you know, see a doctor until uh, we moved from Texas, which Texas is a very conservative state, and your your options uh, for healthcare are very limited. Um, if you don't, you know, have a certain income. So, um, moved to Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania has a much more uh, generous uh, healthcare system and my uh, mom's job uh, covered us for insurance. So I was able to go uh, see a psychologist and, uh, there really is, I would say, a, uh, uh, I don't know, a apprehension when it comes to, uh, diagnosing, you know, children, you know, as, uh, having schizophrenia or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, initially diagnosed me with, uh, Asperger's, you know, autism spectrum mm-hmm. disorder. And some, some of that never quite made sense to me because, you know, I, I always dealt with, you know, the incredible paranoia and, and anxiety. And, um, I, uh, 
there, there's actually been a few times in hindsight that I look back and I'm like, oh, I was probably in psychosis. So I managed to get through high school. Um, I went to uh, university in uh, Hawaii for about a year. And then I, uh, I became uh, convinced that uh, the U.S. government was going to have to default on its debt. So uh, I had yeah. saved up some money and I, uh, I actually I flew to uh, Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia. And uh, I lived there for a couple months, um, and then I kind of bounced back and forth between there. Um, and I ended up spending in total about two years over there. And I was working as—I—I I, I say I was working, but uh, I mean it was—it was—it was a board, it was a pseudo work because it was kind of like a volunteer, but it was kind of like work um, position over there uh, as an English teacher. Um, and uh, I also uh, had. Uh, and I want to make I'll also make it abundantly clear. I don't come from a family with like a ton of money. Um, when I was a child, we were lower middle class, and now my family's middle middle class. But um, I uh, had I did manage to go to Brazil uh, during that time too. In my travels, managed uh, to go to a few places, and uh, I really um, enjoyed the culture and my my experiences in uh, Kyrgyzstan. In fact, I, I believe. Returning from Kyrgyzstan to the United States is one of the biggest uh, mistakes I ever made in my life. Uh, that's that, that, I would say that, yeah, that, that was one of the biggest. I I, I have a theory that people um, with you know on the schizophrenic spectrum do better in countries that are more community oriented and more um, traditional than uh, modern uh, Western countries where they just want to jam you pack full of pills. Um, I, I remember I remember reading, and I don't know, you know, if this is wrong, and I'll, I'll try not to get too sidetracked here. But I remember reading, for example, they found uh, no significant difference in countries like India and other developing countries between the general population and you know schizophrenics. But in the U.S. and the U.K., there's about a 20-year difference in life expectancy between individuals with my diagnosis and the general population. You know what I heard about this is that um, I don't know if you hear voices. But what I've heard is the voice, the type of voices that you hear are localized to your 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 local environment. So like exactly what you're saying. So in the UK and America, they're more hostile because because in our countries it's very competitive, life is very competitive, it's it's the highly capitalist. Whereas in countries, like you say, where there's more community, um it's it's kind of people support each other so it's like in india the voices are much more calm and soothing um you know it's kind of, it's, it's so i've heard that before so it's, it's kind of localized to where you live you know so um that's interesting that you that you said that as well yeah i've i've uh, i've heard that but i i also think and i do deal with that with that issue on occasion but i i will say i think it really too is the the reactions uh to the people around you right so, for example, maybe somewhere like India or other places in Asia, it might be considered like a spiritual gift, you know, whereas in our countries, it's it, it's immediately like, OK, no, we're taking it. I mean, really, that uh, kind of shows uh, the, the type of thinking that like, oh, we're going to make you better by taking you away from everybody <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, isolating you. But. Um, so I uh, made this trip back and forth, and I eventually decided that I was going to return to the United States. Um, and I, I had wanted to um, to complete my education. You know, I had I had wanted to get ahead, and I thought, okay, I'm going to return to the U.S., get my education, and then and then leave again. 
Well, I um, mm-hmm. I returned to the U.S. and um, we uh, we ended up moving to a uh, you know a more rural area, and I was just uh, you know I was isolated you know a lot more. I uh, wasn't able mm-hmm. to interact with people, and I I don't uh, currently have the ability to drive. So, you know, in, in the U.S., you have to drive all over the place unless you're somewhere like New York City. It's a very uh, wide uh, country, and the public transit is abysmal. It's really, uh, in, in most cases, outside of the city, public transit is just non-existent. And, um, you know, I, I just, um, I, I started spiraling, and um, I... Uh, uh, really, I mean, that there's a period of uh, about two years in there from from uh, the end of 2016 to the beginning of 2018 that really just seemed like a blur to me. And um, okay. in, uh, in, ter- in 2017... In, in, in the sense that... Mm-hmm. I was going to say in the sense that when you look back now, the memory of those years is clouded. Is that is that what you mean? Yeah, my, my memory of that, that time is, is clouded. And when I think of certain things that I thought in that time and my emotional state, it just none of it makes any sense to me. And um, so I, uh, I, I it, around May of 20, uh, 2017, I was, I was going through a difficult time. I, was, I finally managed to finish my associate's degree after like four years of studying i'm finishing you know a two-year community college degree and that that was just because i jumped around so much and uh so finally finishing up but i was really going through a rough time and i had a, a week and i looking back i think it might have been a uh, episode of psychosis um i was not able to sleep for about a week i was just uh co- on constant uh you know wired and not able to sleep and you know getting paranoid about things and you know that sort of thing and so my, were, you, my, were you on medication at the time? No, no, they still, they were still saying, "Oh, you uh, are autistic spectrum," and so they were still saying that at that time. And um, and you know, living in a rural area, the quality of services you get are are pretty abysmal. Um, mm. as far as um, you know, uh, like well, for example, later I ended up trying to get a therapist in my local area. Uh, they had no availabilities for over a year. You you couldn't get in to see one for over a year. So, I um I, I randomly May twenty seventeen I spontaneously decided to uh take a trip and go visit some friends in France. That I had actually uh there's a girl uh, she's still my friend um she lived in uh, Kyrgyzstan and then now she lives in France and so I just spontaneously bought a ticket to France with and I really did not have the money to be doing that I barely had enough money to scrape by and. I buy this ticket to France. I go over to France, and the whole trip is just a blur to me. I I see photos of it, and I I really don't um, remember large portions of it. Do you think I, you think you were dissociating? I think so. Yeah, I I think I would say so, and um, I I don't know. It was just like I don't want to say like I you know heard a voice or anything, but it was just like I had this strong feeling like oh, if I if I just leave, if I go to go to Europe, oh, this is what it's going to be like. And of course, it was nothing like I had thought in my head. So I come back from that trip and I was even more more dejected and in a worse place than when I went. Mm-hmm. So th- 
things just kind of carried on like that from um, from about May 2017, and then in, um, November, beginning of November 2017, I had you know um, managed to get a little bit of money, and uh, I decided to take a trip to uh, Costa Rica. So I take a trip, this trip to Costa Rica, and um, I'm there. And, uh, okay, so the entire time I lived in Kyrgyzstan, and I'd never thought about this. First off, I want to say Kyrgyzstan is actually a very safe country. Um, the, the murder rate is, uh, like lower or equivalent of like the United States. Um, if you are white or Asian, you can walk around at night and without any, um, any issues because they're, they're going to suspect that you're a local and they don't, they don't mess with locals. Now, if they do think you're a foreigner, um, you know, you might, you might run into some trouble, but generally a very like low rate of, uh, you know, uh, random, you know, violent crime, you know? So, um, uh, you go to Costa Rica, which, uh, it, they always say, Oh, it's such a safe country, such a safe country, but it's still in Latin America, the most dangerous region of the world as far as violent crime goes. And, um, so I go there and, uh, my plane gets in at like, I don't know, uh, I'd say one or two in the morning and I couldn't check in to my, uh, to my hotel, uh, until, you know, like noon. Right. So I had about like eight hours. So I'm not thinking like everybody just telling me, Oh, Costa Rica is so safe. Costa Rica is so safe. I'm not thinking that like, Oh, it's a bad decision maybe to walk around Costa Rica at like three in the morning. In, in downtown San Jose, Costa Rica at three in the morning. That's, that's not a thought that's occurring to me. I'm also thinking that like, Hey, everything's going to be open because this is to Costa Rica. This is a tourist country. Right. So I'm going to think there's places I could hang out. Well, as soon as I get there, man, everything is closed. Okay. And it yeah. is looking sketchy. Right. It's looking sketchy. Like before I went to Brazil, I was very mindful because, you know, you always hear about, like, be very careful in Brazil. You know, Brazil has a lot of violent crime. So I was very careful. I had all my stuff to a T, but with Costa Rica, I was a bit lax. So I'm walking and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting down uh, at this park bench and uh, I see these two teenagers, I would say they're like 17, 18, you know, somewhere in there. I see them walk from across the street. They were with a group of people. I see them walk across the street, walk across crosswalk walk into the park and then they turn directly in front of me to like start walking towards me. And uh, this is really what kind of started causing me to like, you know, really go down. Cause um, you have to remember, you know, for most of it, the year I had already been in like not a real clear mental state and um, they turn and they start walking towards me and I see one of them has a gun in his hand and um the one walks up to the left of me and the one other one walks up to the right of me. Now I'm not going to go into like my whole background as far as stuff, but I, I come from a uh, family that has, you know, a lot of military and, uh, you know, like combat experience and, you know, training yeah. and that, that sort of stuff. So this guy standing on the left of me, he has a gun and this other guy standing on the, on the right of me, he, he's unarmed. And um, I'm sitting on this park bench and I have in my pockets, I have about $500 of cash, but not only that, I have a bunch of other stuff, man. I have like a Bible, a notebook, pencils, my phone, um, but my, my, my pockets were almost as full as my backpack. And then in my backpack, I had my laptop and a ton of clothes. So 
I'll get to why this is important then, but um, this kid walks over and he's like waving the gun in my face and they're like trying to reach into my pockets. And I'm just like, no, no. Cause like, man, I would have been screwed that, that $500 yeah, was like yeah. paying for most of my trip. So I'm like, no, no. And I'm like, I'm batting the things away. And the guys start get they're starting to get more hostile. And he's like pointing the gun at me, but it's like not right in my face. So that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, but it was just like, I just completely went uh, totally uh, psychotic. Um, I just grabbed the top of the gun and pointed it away from me and started punching this kid in his face. And, uh, yeah, he fell down to the ground and then I turned around and he said something at the time I I speak some Spanish now, but the time I spoke no Spanish and he fell to the ground and he starts uh, yelling and, uh, my, my phone and my backpack were still sitting on the, the, the park bench. And, um, I, uh, turned around and the other guy starts running and i i don't even know i didn't even think about it man i just uh i wanted to do harm and i just i held up the gun and i think i ended up thinking it was a real gun because i just started shooting i just pulled up the gun i just i just started unloading in his direction but i was so shaky i don't think i hit anything and um so uh i throw the gun on the ground which wasn't really smart i throw the gun on the ground um the the kid that i had knocked down he gets up he runs over he tries to grab my backpack and my phone. So I start chasing after him. Um, and uh, he drops my backpack, but he ends up getting away with my phone. I get my backpack back and I turn around and I throw the gun on the ground. And uh, some kid that was there was fighting with this kid over the gun. So I went and I jumped in and we we're all fighting and stuff. And I knew the gun was empty. So I didn't like, I wasn't too concerned. Uh, I just like kind of backed off. And the, the, I told the other guy to back off and the kid just ran away with his gun. And uh, I ended up finding another guy. We called the police. I went to the police, filed a police report. But I was, man, that just really uh, messed me up. That whole thing just, it it messed me up. And um, I went home and uh, I started, uh, I, I, I started getting uh, like delusions. I mean, I have always had delusions, but they were, these were really severe. And uh, waking up, not having good sleep, um, thinking everybody was, you know, kind of out to get me. And, um, you know, just really, you think these people were going to get revenge or was it just a general, a general feeling of being in danger? It was just a general feeling. And it was, um, I actually, see, this was in Costa Rica that this happened. And I, I actually, it was supposed to be there for two weeks. I cut my trip short Mm. and, uh, I cut my trip short and I went to, uh, I went back to the States and, um, so I started having, uh, panic attacks all the time too. It was a general feeling of unsafety, and then also to the feeling that people were uh, were trying to destroy my soul, were trying to invade my head. And in fact, I remember thinking after they had tried to rob me, I, I legitimately remember thinking that like these guys were demons. And I uh, I pulled out my my Bible and I was like, you know, like get get away from me, you demons and stuff. After they had run away, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so I you know I get back to the states and everything started spiraling, man. And I, I knew something was uh, seriously, seriously wrong. Uh, that I you know that some of the thoughts I was having. So yeah, um, I went to uh, my uh, I went I went to my family doctor and I was like telling him like I I I didn't know how to articulate it, but I just listen. I'm not feeling like myself. And at the time, I wasn't calling it paranoia. I was just calling it anxiety. And I said, you know, I'm having this ridiculous anxiety that all this stuff's going to happen. And she's like, okay, so uh, what antidepressant do you want? She's asking me what, what, yeah. what medication, what medication do I want? 
Like I'm, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, the psychiatrist says the same to me. The, the that that happens to me sometimes as well. They say, so what do you want to do? What medic? Do you know what I mean? What doses do you want to be on? It's, you know, yeah. How does that? How does that, that make you feel? Me. When they when they say of, that, you know, this I I you know I back then this was like a few years ago. This would happen quite often. I would dictate how much medication I'll take, but now I think they've they've become a bit harder and they they you know they won't allow me they tell me what to do um but but i think it was back then i was a bit more crazy and i and i just i was kind of angry all the time and i just wanted to be in control um so but now i'm kind of more accepting i guess and i just kind of okay fine i'll take the medication whatever you whatever you say what you want me to take and this sort of thing See, she didn't even she didn't even refer me to like a psychiatrist or you know or anything. She just said, "Oh, what 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 one do you want? You can take any of these." And I was like, "Well, I don't <laughs> like what's the you know what's the difference? Like I I, I literally you know I don't know." And uh, and and again, they were just you know like antidepressants, or whatever. And um, so that happened. And then I I went to my therapist and I was like, "Listen, um." I, I think I might need to go to the hospital. You know, I'm, I'm having, you know, these thoughts about violence and um, I really think I should go to the hospital. In fact, I actually saw him the day that my incident happened. And um, I don't okay. I don't really want to go into too much detail, but what ended up happening was I was in a completely like disassociating and just really, um, it's, it's hard to exactly explain the state of mind because when i think back to it i'm like man that's not me but i was actually i was involved in a shooting and um with a a family member and i i was the shooter and um i ended up i got charged with they they put my face on the front of the local paper um and they uh tried to uh say you know call say i was guilty of uh, attempted homicide is what they were they were you know trying to charge me with and uh, overall if, if all of the stuff I was facing I was looking up to sixty years in in prison and uh, they uh, you know I, obviously I got arrested um, and you know I was treated pretty horribly uh, in you know the uh, legal justice system uh, at least as far as like you know actually in jail like what they do over here in jail is that they say you're suicidal they um, take off all your clothes and they give you this like tribal like vest thing and yeah. uh it, you can't you know you say so you can't tear it or whatever but you're completely naked beside this thing it's very it's uh it's really dehumanizing and uh they also they talk about the the guards talk about you in a very dehumanizing way and uh there's minimal you know mental health uh stuff and the other thing too was they had uh messed up my paperwork okay so when I had gotten uh, an initial paperwork, uh, they had said I was being charged with homicide, not attempted homicide. And I'm like, wait, you mean they're dead? Like I, in my head, for about eight hours, I'm thinking like my life's over. I've you know I've killed someone, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I'm just like, dude. I and and I it was devastating because you know this person I was you know quite close with them and and even though they, you know there had been issues there and. Uh, and I'm thinking, like, dude, this is the, what, what is this? And the, the other thing I want to say too is, um, the police acted completely, uh, you know, unethically. Uh, 
um, because they come in and uh, I don't remember everything because, I, you know, that again, that whole thing's very touch and go. But I do remember being in the hospital and they gave me some kind of pills. Right. Yeah. And then later, you know, the law enforcement comes in to question me. So um, basically, I spent about two weeks, uh, two weeks there. And then I uh, they I got ended up going to the hospital and uh, getting hospitalized. And, um, they, uh, get you know, got all my, saw the doctors in there. And then that's when I received my actual diagnosis. And, um, and what, was, what was your diagnosis? Schizophrenia. Yeah. The, schizophrenia. And, yeah. um, yeah, so carry on. Tell me, tell me, carry on. Well, um, anyway, so then I, uh, I was in, I was in there for about two weeks and it was actually pretty, uh, pretty productive. Um, did pretty good, you know getting uh trying to get better and then um i uh spent the next couple months uh living with my aunt uh because of you know the situation i I had an ankle monitor on (laughs) and then um and then uh my it was almost you know thank god you know praise be to to god uh i ended up uh things resolved themselves in about the best way they could be resolved and uh, all my stuff got significantly downgraded, and um, so I, I, besides the time I had already spent in, in you know, in confinement, um, it, there wasn't really additional. I did uh, have to do about like five months of house arrest, and then uh, now uh, I'm finishing up my first sentence, which was uh, 24 months of uh, probation, which included the house arrest, and then now I have another uh, two years to go, and then I'll be completely free. So, okay. So, do you do you believe then um, that shooting you were you were psychotic when that happened? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I I, I remember thinking uh, like uh, think entities were trying to get inside my head and destroy me, and the the, the, the yeah. people were controlling these entities. Yeah, I mean, I I myself have had some run-ins with the police. I'm not going to go into it now, but. But I, I was also deeply psychotic at the time. And and sometimes it's like base instincts kicking, like a survival instinct kicking kicks in and you just try to do you don't think about the law, I guess. You just that, do that, what that's, you... that's, that's totally irrelevant in that moment. You're like it's just like you're you're just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, let me ask you some questions then. Uh-huh. Um so how do you see the future now? Um, you've had a, you know, a, a patchy past, really. So are you optimistic? Do you, I mean, what, what do you see? I mean, you're, you're still, you're only in your 20s, so you're still pretty young. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Um, where, where do you, what are your hopes for the future? Um, honestly, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm pretty uh, optimistic right now. Um, you know, God willing. I, um I'm in the process of a couple of things. Uh, one of the things um, uh, I've uh, done is I've actually learned a, a fair bit of Spanish. And uh, I, I do have a girlfriend. And uh, I also, um, I've been trying to uh, teach myself IT. I'm, you know, I'm currently uh, like disabled, but it's, it's my, my goal and my, my dream to eventually be able to uh, work in the uh, IT sphere. And uh, I'm also uh, in the process of uh, joining the uh, Roman Catholic Church. And uh, really trying to, you know, just um, I, I realized for me, the biggest thing that I, I don't I want to be careful how I say this, but 
everything happening like it did and then me finding out what what the issue really was um has actually enabled me to really get my life uh yeah. on a more even keel you know on a on a more level area so i'm not like a uh i would say before i was kind of like a a, a pinball you know what i mean like it was like here 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 you know like just all over the place um and now you know i mean i would just i would a couple things i, I want to uh you know be able to work um, but I would also like to volunteer and be able to uh, to help people, and uh, to try to you know try to do uh, something something positive. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you know when you have this illness, it's kind it kind of forces you to live a certain lifestyle. Um, a lot of people do spend a lot of time at home in recovery, but then, like you said, you can go volunteering. You can do education. Um, you can go to uh, community drop-ins um, and you know you can even work towards an occupation if you if that's what you want to do so I mean now it is kind of a different lifestyle but you do get some nice opportunities and and when, when you're when you're schizophrenic you don't want anything too stressful you just want to you want to live at your own pace um, and you know so yeah so I definitely think helping people is um, is a good thing to do because it's very rewarding and in the sense that you do get rewards in the sense that it helps you and grows you as a person. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay, Samuel, I think we've, we've almost got a half an hour, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, absolute pleasure to hear your story. I think you've had some scary experiences, but you know, you've got through it and you've got an understanding of what was the cause um, uh, uh, what was the cause of, of your of what happened so and you've got something to work on now so you know it's a real pleasure to speak with you um, yeah. Yeah, well hey uh, thank you very much it was a pleasure being here and uh, I wish you the best right, cheers man.